All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Very happy to be here. How are you feeling, JoJo? I have never felt better in the sense that I felt so bad a couple days ago, and I feel you good now. Sick. Yeah, thanks. Hey, thank you, by the way. I never said thank you. For what? I just felt really taken care of. You know, we were driving for like six hours, eight hours, and you were like, don't drive. Yeah. You know, just get better. You Hydrate. slept a little bit. I slept, I've slept both the last couple of days. I took DayQuil last night before going to bed. Whoa. That was a mistake. Jeez, that's when you take NyQuil. Didn't have any NyQuil. Didn't feel so great. You just took DayQuil took, before you went to bed. Took two DayQuil, hallucinated for an hour and a half. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. You ever close your eyes and the world starts to get a little brighter? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was I mean, closing the, my eyes and... The packaging is brighter. It's like designed to brighten you up for the day. I Googled it. I Googled it and I said, can I take DayQuil at night? And um, half the articles said no. And the other half said yes. So I was like, okay, it can't be so that bad. you just did what you wanted to do. I did what I wanted to do. Total confirmation bias. Yes. Well, welcome to today. Uh, <laughs> are you going to take NyQuil during the day? That'd be interesting. During the, yeah, during the meetup. We're in, um, we're in Portland, um, which by the way, home not home of lab, but Oregon, home of lab. Oregon-based, American-made, lie-angle-balanced putters that are going to get you dialed in. We do have a discount code. It's at randomgolfclub.com slash pages slash labgolf. And there you can learn about our partnership with Lab. And you can fill out a very short questionnaire and get 10% off, which we're really excited to, you know, I'm excited to get this putter into the hands of as many players as possible. I've loved using it. And we have them at our Mad Scramble events. So if you ever are there, we have a bag of putters that you can try out for the round and get a feel for it. You can also head over to Golf Galaxy or Dick Sporting Goods to try one out in your area. And then you can order it from Lab Golf, get your customization on with colors and whatnot. And the fitting process is very easy as well. So big thanks to Sam and the team at Lab. The link is in the description below randomgolfclub.com slash pages slash labgolf. Uh, we're excited for, I'm, I'm really excited to share this podcast though. Yeah, we, we're cooking up something different today. Um, get ready for a walk along a course that is not open yet in San Francisco. Honestly, this is one of the more, this is one of the cooler things we've done recently and I'm excited to hear how, how you listening right now thinks it went. Uh, we'd love to hear some feedback. Hit how, you thinks. The, how you think. How you think. The day quilt. <laughs> Still, still kicking in. Is we thinking? Yeah, but before we get into it, um, we're on the Matt Scramble tour. Uh, I'd like to ask you, uh, kind of, how it's going, how it's different than like one, and, and if we have anyone we need to thank. I think it's like more spiritual, weirdly. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, I think it's, it feels like um, we know what we're doing. The logistics are out of the way, and I think also there's a lot of um, people that I've known over the years coming to these events at places that I've been to. Um, and yeah, it feels like, I, also, I think it's just like where, you know, like, I feel like spirituality comes in for like when you're in a lot of pain or when you're in a lot of pleasure, but not in the middle when you're just like doing your job and like everything's going good. It's kind of like, cool, whatever A to B, but, um, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy, like spirituality is, is like, you know kind of on either end um so yeah the meetups have been very amazing i've been i found myself um at different points of the events on this leg just just having like an emotional experience related to what the fuck are we doing here and uh it's been it's been powerful how did that go for you in san francisco 
San Francisco, we went, is that the nicest course? No, nicest is the wrong word, but is that like... It's certainly up there. It's it's a Presidio where we played. Yeah. Is the kind of course where a year ago, if you asked me, hey, can you go book this course for a meetup? I would have... I would have felt like, oh no, like this will be hard. It would have been hard to do, yeah. Yeah, Presidio is great. It'll only be topped by the course we're doing tomorrow, which is Chambers Bay. Never hosted an event at a U.S. Open major championship venue. Um, I mean, that was part of it. I think, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I would need some more time to wrap that up. Um, But I think the cool thing too is that on this trip, we're getting more time to like live our lives in terms of you know having nice time with locals to get dinner um encountering local stories which you know you're gonna hear about today with the opening of golden gate park golf course nine hole par three course that's totally like a it's like a it's really like a flex within a city a flex and um i wouldn't say hidden gem in the sense that it's hiding in plain sight yeah, it's right there. And I've played golf in San Francisco a few times over the years. And if I never knew. I just never knew that existed. You wouldn't know. I, Lincoln Park. Boom. Was a great band. Yeah. And also a, uh, a golf course nearby. And a great 14 tee box. And, uh, and I just never, I just never, ever knew. So even the podcast we recorded and, and you basically walked around this golf course with microphones and got into it and talked about it. Um, wasn't something we could do on leg one. And a lot of that is in thanks being able to do this now because we honestly, our friends brought us out here. Um, our friends being Abercrombie and Fitch boom, being uh, turtle box speakers, which have kept the party going the Just, entire time. I don't know how the batteries last that long in those speakers or they play so loud, but you can hear the music from everywhere. Yeah. You played Baba Yetu, the uh, Swahili Lord's player at Presidio the other day and just resonated over the fairways. Yeah. Everyone stopped talking. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was crazy. spiritual experience. And of course, ProMaster, um, because we were taking photos all along the way. And, and nothing makes me happier than when someone goes up to me at a meetup and goes, hey, I took a bunch of photos today. Where can I send them? Yeah. Would you like to see them? Just say, just tag Elon. That's what I say. I, I say, get them on the webs. Send us a yeah. link. What is the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Eric's watching uh, How To With John Wilson. We have to absolutely recommend it to you. And then, of course... Um, uni pizza ovens who did the craziest pod like pop-up at an event we've pod, done yet pop pot up pot up they did they made pizza for them for the for everybody they made pizza for the community yeah and i, uh, ate, so much, I ate more pizza in two days than i've eaten my entire life it I, was delicious i have some yeah thank you for dinner uni honestly um i have some quick uni facts for you can you guess how actually this would be interesting can you guess how um, hot they get it's a lot it's like close to a thousand how close? 50. Nice. 950. Well done. And it can cook pizza in as little as blank seconds. 90. Yeah. I mean, you're you're killing it. I mean, you know, they, I think they can I mean, go low. I have an uni. Like, I, I love it. I, I just, now I wanted, instead of doing ad reads, I just want to like quiz you on guessing. <laughs> fact checking fact on checking partner partners. products. Yeah. And, and they're quick to heat up about 20 minutes and they have that uh, wood fired flavor. Um, you have an uni. Like, are you, would you recommend it? Like Absolutely. Uh, obviously, you kind of have to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I guess that's a silly thing for me to say. But. I mean, I think the cool thing about uni is like, it's like an adventure in your house. Have you used it for anything else besides pizza? Because I hear you can do like fajitas. I've used it for steak. And did it work? Yeah, I cooked a sirloin in like 
like you know a minute oh my god you like it's like a microwave but it's good yeah and it's like charred it's and for me like steak is all about it's got to be hot when it when when you when you played it i want that to be so hot um and it was really 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 hot like it was too hot to be frank <laughs> you're looking for a colder <laughs> steak um to learn more about uni at uh, uni.com o-o-n-i.com scottish brand Scottish brand. We love it. We, we like the Scottish brand of golf. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, before we get into the episode, and I'd love if you set up our friend Josh, I did want to say another thank you. Uh, I got to play Northwood. Yeah. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. I think it's my, I think it's my favorite golf course in the world. That's a very, very valid thing to say. I think it's true too. Like it's something I was, it's hard to have expectations i think in golf yeah and do you feel that way that so much now or so much in your golfing life because you have to go to so many extraordinary places have to go it's have funny to go to because because you, you, you go to so many extraordinary places that how do you how do you couch your expectations how do you make sure you go in without all that weight i mean i think um I mean, I, I actually just don't have too many expectations, you know? I mean, here's the greatest example, right? Is um, we were playing Pebble earlier this year filming. And at the last second, you know, on our final day where we were, you know, due to fly back to Austin, someone reached out and said, let's, let's play Cyprus, you know? <clears throat> and um, we played. And, and the interesting thing about, that day is that it it rained a lot rained is one way to put it yeah yeah i mean we were wet and like i don't know for me it just like it just made me smile you know like because it was like oh yeah like i i think i i, I guess my expectation is that i want I, I want it to be kind of fucked up yeah you want to see the the, the creases in the uh, paper yeah yeah, I, I want them to like damage my clothes at the dry cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, you remember what happened after it rained in Cyprus? Uh, the sun came out. Oh yeah, I thought you were gonna say we all fell asleep in, in the car, <laughs> no, which I, is terrifying. I just found out. But um, no, I think I think um, there really isn't much of an expectation. I think I think for me now, golf is kind of this exciting, like, kind of like, uh, you know um moment where you're just kind of like hands up you know like what what what's going to happen because i've seen a lot of different things happen and there's no way to um you know create those things necessarily um what do you mean when you say that you've seen a lot of things happen when you say you when you say happened you mean like things that happen on a golf course or they're actually just going there how do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I mean, golf is basically a field where something takes place. And so what is that something taking place? And, and so you can play at X golf course. And that's a common question I get is what's your favorite course? And I now have come up with a creative way of not answering the question because I don't actually believe that it's about the course. 
I mean, the course is part of it for sure, but that's kind of like asking a chef what's the plate that he prefers. That's just the, that's just like a part of it. And yeah. there are beautiful plates out there. There are beautiful restaurants out there. There's beautiful spaces, but like it's the soul. That's that's what's the question. Right? What where is the soul of the experience? And that's really up to the players as they go from hole to hole. Now, as you say that, you would say though that some plates are more likely to create the great food experiences because what about Northwood makes it so that you're not surprised at all that I answer that question that way, that I, that I would say that Northwood. Well, you played with someone very, very special on that day. That's true. It was, it was Nikki balls. No, no, it was Gaylord. You played with Gaylord and, and his son, Trevor. and his son, Trevor. And so even like going back to the Lido, like perhaps one of the other great films we made about a property, like, I don't think I'd be, I don't think I would feel anything going there. Go ahead, Cam. It's fine. Cam, you want to say hi on the podcast? What up, podcast? As you know, as you know, if you're listening, we're, we do this live. We've, uh, it's um, latrine duty, so we're kind of managing the upstairs bathroom of the Airbnb. Um, the, uh, no, I mean, like, I, I, if I went to the Lido alone, sure, it'd be interesting, but it wouldn't mean anything. And it wouldn't be the story that it currently is, you know. This, this, so basically, it's for me like I I'm going to a golf course in search of a story, you know. And so I've been to Northwood now four times. I've only played it twice. I've only literally played the course twice. And this time you had to dip out twice. Yeah, I missed a couple holes in the middle because of some stupid calls. But um, you know, I think like yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's just not. The course is part of it, and so is the energy you bring to it. So is the energy everyone else brings to it. And I don't know. I think I think it's just not about the course. We say all the time that it's really hard to go back to places. Yeah. I was leaving Northwood yesterday, and I was kind of feeling this future familiarity mm. that I knew I'd be back. Yeah. And that I knew I wanted to take people who had never been. Yeah. And I think that's the marker of an incredible golf experiences. Yeah. Where it's the same thing as we're like, you know, you, you see a meme that you love and the only thing that could make you love it more is if you could show it to someone else. Yeah. I'm very excited to, to take, to take people who don't even play golf. You know, next time I visit San Francisco or I'm, or I'm on the West coast, I'd say, Hey, we're driving the highway. Hey, let's stop over here. Yeah. And you're right in that. I don't even know if I would need to play. You really don't. That's the, that's the, a great golf course. You don't even need to play it. Case in point, the masters. Yes. Yeah. And no one's playing. No one plays it. Yeah. No. I mean, some people do. Even Cypress, you drive by Cypress, you get to taste it. Yeah, that's true. You get to smell it. I will say that, um, we were talking about what we could do at Northwood, you know, from an event perspective, Mm -hmm. how sick would it be to do a Northwood breaking series with like a gallery of like 500 people? It'd be amazing. Because I think that seeing people standing by the trees makes the people look cooler and the trees look cooler. Yeah, the trees get bigger and the people get smaller. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or to get like a couple of pro golfers out there. Oh, it'd be crazy. Like how low is, um, for example, Tony Finau going at Northwood if he's his first time around? I mean, he would, need, he would need a practice round and he would need a serious yardage book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I don't know. Like, he can't miss, though. Like, there's a there, that second hole, if you drive it past 280, you've got about a 30-foot window. Yeah, ab- absolutely, in the par fives. Well, obviously, it's going to be short as hell for him. But it'd be he'd have to get so creative. Yeah. I mean, there's certain shots you have to move the ball a certain way. And the other way of looking at it is if we could get two very good golfers out there. Yeah. It's an incredible match play experience. Yeah, the Northwood battle. The Northwood battle as like the end of an event weekend that takes place. And we get some people out there. And, and they, look, they don't have to be pros. But that would be... But <laughs> You'd it'd be, be cool. okay with that. <laughs> I can settle. God, I've changed so much. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, yeah. But I think this all goes back to that point about like, what are you going to do there? Yeah. You know, and I think, I think really if... I've, I think people might think, oh, wow, like, Eric, you've, you've played so many amazing golf courses. You're so lucky. It's like, that's not really, for me, where the luck resides. For me, it's in what have we been able to do at interesting places like this. And so, like, you know, Chambers tomorrow. Like, pff, wow. We're going to play Chambers in a mad scramble environment. There's been some talk about um, getting up early tomorrow. I keep hearing this. Yeah. I keep hearing this rumbling. I hear this talk of getting up early and playing a major championship uh, course. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, if the if the shoe fits, you know. <laughs> I have one last Northwood thing before we get, we go to this break and, and set up this um this podcast we're about to do is when we were walking down the first fairway, um, you were pointing out some signs on the trees, and they were like, "Oh, you know, you thought that you thought it meant one thing." I and, forgot. I and, thought it was a yardage yeah. marker, but really, it's just a waypoint. And the only reason I bring it up is I've been thinking about how cool it is that they just put sign they just put shapes on the trees to figure out where your ball goes when you hit into them which tree because there's so many trees and there's the shapes are just like a white circle a white square a white triangle yeah and it kind of with the statues and all that it just looks mystical yeah yeah it certainly has like a um like a what like a um god what's the word i'm looking for kind of like a um masonic yeah exactly to it exactly and there's the bohemian grove stuff but it does feel that way. And I feel like if you're listening and you're a Did golf you see course. see the owls? I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw the owls. Yeah. I, I feel like the owls are something that are, are, you bring up. But I just never. I feel like there's an answer out there and I've never really heard the answer. It's just the icon of the grove. Just the icon. See, you know. But yeah, I mean, owls are wise. They, they, they're nocturnal. Yeah, they're sleeping during the day. Um, they're definitely not taking Dayquil at night. Well, yeah. that, maybe that would keep them up. They're a, they are a bird of prey. Maybe that's where my ball went on seven. <laughs> also, owls, um, when they fly, they make no noise. Yes. That's that's scary is what that is. They're like the first. Yeah. No, they're, they're terrifying, actually. <laughs> the more you think about it. Can you imagine if you like, if owls were huge? Yeah. If like the size of a Buick. I mean, to a mouse. To they a, are. That's how imagine I felt. Imagine an aircraft carrier coming in and just. I mean, it's basically alien abduction if you're a mouse. Yeah, I mean, certainly not the same species. Right. Of what? I'm saying, like, if, oh. if something that looked as different yeah. to us as, a, as an owl looks to a mouse came and picked me up off of Chambers tomorrow. Yeah. You know, we, we'd, all be, we'd all be surprised. It'd be crazy. Probably go back to playing, though. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad we were able to play it. Yeah. Um, and we played as a sevensome, too, which was nice. We've been doing it all eight. trip. We've really been been breaking the rules on that yeah 
It's it is amazing how made up that rule is. The four person per <laughs> hole rule, and they're so fake about the reasons you can't do it. Oh, it'll take you know. Oh, it's because you play so slow. Here we are backed up against groups when we yeah. do it. Oh, it's bad for the golf course. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Everything changes. <laughs> Nothing stays the same. <laughs> uh, before we go to the the ad break, we want to set up uh, Josh here. Yeah, so Josh Lewis got a chance to walk around with him at Golden Gate Park, this kind of um, newly glowed up golf course in Golden Gate Park here. Um, and I saw original pictures of it. It looks pretty innocuous and boring. Um but what they've done is they've really kind of, I wouldn't even say it's like a makeover. They, they, they sort of like tore away what was the golf course and then revealed beneath what it could look like if you were reading a children's book about the wild adventure of golf that kind of lives in your neighborhood. And um, I mean, it's just visually arresting you know it, it's it's a very beautiful location and josh um is the you know he he says his title but it's it's something like project manager he's working with jay blasey who was um had a very um he was instrumental in the creation of some of the most iconic golf courses yeah chambers bay among them um and and jay is you know a, a student of the game and loves this idea that the game starts when the ball lands and that's when the movement occurs and you can see that at golden gate and so josh is there josh uh, really kind of uh kind of a uh, you know look looks like a nice person when you meet him you know looks like a happy kind of warm guy um looks like he's very happy with the work that he's doing and the life that he's created for himself and met us there at seven in the morning um and we just kind of went for a walk with some coffees, you know, walking around, sipping some coffee and, and looking at a golf course. We hit one shot um, on nine. Mostly it was just about kind of, you know, listening to his story of how he got into golf, what he's done, what he's seen and what this is and what the goal here is. And I guess the ultimate kind of, um, you know, conclusion, I don't know if we got there in the edited version of the experience, but it's like, we got to do an event here. Yeah, I mean, it's just a perfect place for an event. And given how much, for me in Los Angeles, Roosevelt, the nine-hole executive, um, and in Austin, Butler, the nine-hole par three, are, are such a, you know, deep part of my, like, you know, current consumption of the game. Um, I'm really excited to see, like, investment of time and money put into something that you know, may not like move the needle for whatever measurables the owners of this course have, but it will move the needle for the people around in terms of how they look at golf. It's an educational experience. And Josh and Jay and, and the whole team there have created something that is, you know, I mean, Jay said, and I don't know if this is true, but it could be the best par three course in the world. And I mean, it's probably the best par three course on state owned land. Like I could probably say that pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, it's like a mini Cypress. Yeah. 
with some it's cypress has been coming up a little bit this podcast but the trees yeah on this golf course yeah it is in the undulations and we get into it it's really it's actually a really cool experience you know i listened back to it when i was editing it um last night and you, you really do feel like you're there cool you can hear the the wind and and you know there's some wildlife occasionally in the background and uh you describe the greens and some of them are shaped amazingly some are double greens oh my god the the variation of like the greens is like you just don't see that at par three courses it's almost like someone was like i'm gonna do as much as i can with as little as possible enter golden gate park par three course without further ado here's going for a walk with josh all right, everybody, dollardriverclub.com. Very excited for our partnership there. I think, you know, ultimately getting a driver is not the easiest experience, especially when you feel like it is one and done, right? You, you're going to make your pick. Um, also, the driver is really something that you want to have customized to your swing, primarily with shaft. And so Dollar Driver Club's done a great job of creating customization along the process of having a driver and their subscription and membership experience is very cool because you have a way to purchase irons and wedges for a price that you just you're never going to see anywhere else it's so low they cannot advertise them but because they're a club they're able to offer them at a distinct discount um, also they're giving away a badass golf cart at the end of this year so you can join dollar driver club as a member of random golf club so Random Golf Club members who sign up for the annual membership will receive $50 off, or you can sign up as a monthly member and get your first month free using the unique code RGCXDDC. And Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in America. For me, making the uh, games more interesting is something that Prize Picks does easily when you can very simply select either more or less than on a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So go to prizepicks.com slash EAL show and use the code EAL show for a first deposit match up to $100 prizepicks.com slash EAL show and use the code EAL show for a first deposit match of up to $100 daily fantasy sports made easy prize picks. All right, folks, if you're heading out tonight, you're going to have a few drinks. You might want to know about a little product called Morning Recovery, brought to you by More Labs. Um, Jojo, you've used this. This is essentially, you, you take a, you, it's a shot, and you drink it before you go to bed or while you're out drinking, and it removes the symptoms the morning after. Yeah, you know, look, you know how the podcast works. You know, we, we're guinea pigs, basically for the newest forms of technology and you get all the spiritual you know brain increasing metabolic function stuff and they go oh you know that that kid drinks yeah you know this guy doesn't but give jojo the morning recovery let's ply that that boy with alcohol no i i am i used it right before the band and dunes trip um i had a wedding and then i had and you were actually all about like hey i had a big wedding and everything's fine yeah like but like that's not the case you took morning recovery. You wasn't just natural. You weren't just like some special person. I was making it sound like I was a little bit of a special person. You're, you're correct there. I had like a 6 a.m. flight and I, I had a fun time at the wedding the night before and then we were shooting that day in Bandon. And um, I was like, hey, they sent, th- they sent us some product to try out before we decide whether or not we're going to work with a partner. We always try it to make sure it's not like 
you know, made up. Um, and it really worked. And then since then, like uh, my girlfriend back home has been like asking me for more of it. She wants more and more labs. Yeah. She wants more and more labs, which, you know, by the way, guys think about it. Just, just throw another more on there. <laughs> uh, Nikki had his 21st birthday the other day. He could have used some more labs. He could have used it for sure. Um, and if you want to try it, head over to morelabs.com and use the code EAL show for 25% off your first order of morning recovery. That's morelabs.com and use the code EAL show for 25% off your first order of morning recovery. Drink it before you go to bed or drink it while you're out. Yeah. It will, it will apparently the, the clinical study that they had says that users of morning recovery felt up to 80% better than those without it. After a night of drinking. I think I can be um, part of that statistic. And now moving on to uh, your version of this, let's talk about some of our, our favorite friends at Ketone IQ. Ketone IQ. Folks, please just hit the link, please. <laughs> just try it. Please just try it. That's all I really want to say today is just like, if you like being focused, if you like being clear and calm with energy, you should go to hvmn.com slash RGC. Ketone IQ is great. It's great to replace coffee in the morning. It's great on the golf course if you don't have a snack. You can find it at Sprouts in your local um, grocery store. Um, and what I really like about Ketone IQ is along with Plunge, you know, these are two things that really change the way I'm experiencing life, you know, in terms of my brain and stuff. And, you know, you could take Ketone before a workout. I take it before meetups. I take it before podcasts. And ultimately you should be taking it to at hvmn.com slash RGC. 30% off your first subscription order. And not, but last, but not least. Not least, but last. Shopify. Shopify is an exciting thing for the world, folks. You know, um, without Shopify, we would never have made a hat and gotten it into your hands. And what's really cool about Shopify is that just for $1 per month, for a trial period at shopify.com slash EAL show, all lowercase, you can take part in their award-winning support. You can realize how 10% of all e-commerce brands are on Shopify across 175 countries. And Shopify will help your business grow. So head over to shopify.com slash EAL show, all lowercase, and you're going to get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash EAL show. Yeah, and thank you to Shopify, honestly, for making this tour so smooth because people, every night, they want to get products. It's honestly really hard to get it to them. And not only can we use Shopify to you know make those transactions on-site, but we can even like ship people stuff later if we don't have their sizes in stock. It's all through the system. Um, and, uh, and yeah, if you're a small business owner or if you just want to like set up a little store, make some T-shirts, make some hats, if you want to start your own golf brand, I know you do. You all want to all the time. Get on Shopify. Try it out. Cha-ching. So we're here at Golden Gate Golf Course, a par three course in the middle of Golden Gate Park that Josh, who, how many years have you lived in the Bay Area? Uh, combined about 10. And you're the project manager on this and you, mm -hmm. you didn't even know this existed until Jay Blasey hit you up and said, hey, let's do this. Yeah, and I feel bad for saying that now, but um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know it was here yeah. until he kind of said, hey, come take a look at this. You know, we might have a really cool all sand site like 500 yards from the beach. I'm like, I'm in. 
Yeah, in Let's the middle of San Francisco. In the middle of San Francisco, in well, a it's, it's so world's greatest park. It's so appropriate too, because like short courses are just more and more, you know, uh, becoming more and more like underlined in the golf world. Yeah. Cool. We got Jojo. We got Kefir. We got Daniel. Let's take a walk. Is ready to go. He, uh, Kevin, what's your favorite course at Benedict's? Oh, you're going to say Sheep Ranch, aren't you? Uh, Sheep's pretty good. It's, it's hard. Playing trails was really great. Josh, <laughs> Josh built. the entire. Josh built trails. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, yeah, part of the, uh, part of the team. Part, part of, of the team. team. I was the young kid at that point that had no idea what he was getting to do, but right. it's basically formed my whole career. So this is going to sound terrible, and I don't mean it to sound terrible. It's not a an insult to anybody but i can typically gauge quite a bit about somebody's golf iq based on those comments yeah like their power ranking of yeah and this is very i feel like very seen here you know because for years i feel like i've been saying trails and i feel like a lot of people are like what you're crazy no it's it's that routing is one of the best in the world and that's what people i think miss and the shaping, you know, there's some super talented folks on that project that have gone on to their own architecture careers now. And Wow, so we're walking up here. What, is this a practice screen here? Yeah, so we, you know, ultimately this is the first tee of San Francisco. Lots of kids programming here. Um, we wanted to give them plenty of space to be able to conduct that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you know, accommodate the the general golf vibe too sure. so we we built them an, an additional putting green over here um there may or may not end up being you know some artificial turf component just because it's a little bit more this is a little bit more uh function over form dude hang on here we are we're like in front of this like modern clubhouse that looks like a it looks like the Herzog and Demiron Museum a little bit. <laughs> and then now this is like the first tee here? Yeah, so this basically. Is like, this is like the preserve, dude. No, this, it's really good. This is good. It's really good. Like, this is not, <laughs> this is not your grandma's par three course. Dude. No, it's really good. This is like the Pine Valley of par three courses. That's kind of, uh, all of us that have been able to be a part of it kind of throughout the process, we're like, we, we know. Like, it's really good. This is good. Yeah, it's going to blow up. What makes a good par three course? Uh, for me, it's variety and fun. You know, I having been all the way from, you know, municipal par three course, first tee, to, you know, 8,000-yard championship, U.S. Open, you know, we're trying to make this as hard as possible. I'm a big proponent of fun, approachable golf. Yeah. Like... You have the tour, you have that, that's its own entity. But then, you know, this is, you see the people that come out here and you frequent this, like the outer sunset, the outer Richmond, like it's super popular with the locals. The idea was big tees, lots of space, lots of varying yardages, lots of different skill levels. You can play this at, you know, 170 uphill or, you know, 70, you know. Crazy. Lots of thought given to, um, you know, the long-term maintenance 
with the city, uh, Rec and Park taking care of it, you know, wanted to make it uh, really sustainable. You know, there's not a lot of chemical use in the park. There's really no chemical use in the park, so fun like to Like as, as a rule or as a, or as a, a just an example of how fertile it is? As a rule and as kind of a, a choice, yeah. you know? Cool. Um, Dude, these trees are crazy. It's like yeah. where the wild things are. Yeah, very, like, very cool, cool place. These trees are almost like better than the ones at Harding Park. These are cypress trees or what are these? Yeah, mostly cypress that were left. I mean, on some, I don't know if this is an insult or not, but like, like, it'd be hard to fuck this up. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that was when Jay talked to me about it. I'm like, well, that's kind of a, you know, that's an instant home run, to be honest. I mean, we can, right. you know, it's a situation where you're, you know, you're super stoked because you know what the possibilities are, but it's also got a pretty high floor. Sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, I guess anybody can fuck anything up. But again, I mean, the concept is it's, it's big greens, it's big surrounds, it's really usable slopes, it's open fronts. There's yeah. only one formal bunker on the golf course, like. Yeah. Well, and Jay said something when we were going around Stanford, he said, I like it when the adventure begins when the ball lands. Totally, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Golf's, you know, been played on the ground for 400 years. Yeah. So, and that goes back to the opportunity that was here with all sand site, we could plant fine fescue, Yeah. you know, plant bent grass. The concept is low water use, low fertilizer, low fungicides, you know, no, no fungicides, no herbicides kind of thing, so. Yeah, this is a cool, like, intersection. Yeah. Highest, it seems like highest tee box on the property right here. Yeah, great, Maybe cool highest point. point on the property. It's the highest point. It's, I mean, you got great, you got views of the ocean now. Um, you know, on a sunny day, you're watching ships come in and out. During Fleet Week, like the Blue Angels were making passes over the golf course. Whoa. It was pretty sick. A tree, and the, and the tree next to the green looks like a massive bonsai tree. Yeah, yeah. I guess bonsai, some bonsai trees are cypress trees. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah, just a lot smaller. How did you get into golf? Probably the same way like 90% of people did. I was looking for a way to pay for it. <laughs> so <laughs> summer job, you know, kind of. Kind of an ultimate thing, ski bump. Yeah, one thing led to another and I was looking for a way to get free golf. And um, then I met my wife and she's like, yeah, this isn't, you need like, you need an actual career, so. <laughs> what, what were you doing at that time? I've done this all my life. Okay. I started working on golf courses at 16. So doing what? What was what you doing at that time? Yeah. Maintenance. Yeah. Okay. Where? Started at a little. I was born and raised in Coos Bay, oh, wow. Oregon, and so, I started working. So, wow. At, so you know Bandon before Bandon? Oh yeah. Wow. That was where you went and raced dirt bikes. Whoa. It was the. They called it the circus, and you went down there and. The circus. It was the circus. No way. Yep. I mean we. We all thought, like, to be perfectly honest, everybody in the community were like, "Oh yeah, who's this guy coming in and buying this property? He's going to build a golf course." Like, okay, you well, know, you have no context. No, zero, zero idea what's going to happen. You don't know what the Dunes Club is. Nope, no. That's so in that's so interesting, right? Because because and that's actually really interesting because if you zoom out, you're a lover of golf. Oh yeah. You know that that sandy soil is good for a, for a golf course, and yet 
the concern is, oh no, right? Golf is coming in it and it really might, it might be a bad version of golf. Right. Or I mean, was that, and, was that, is that true or no? Yeah. Well, I think people, people there, I mean, there wasn't, a, there wasn't great golf in Southern Oregon until then. Sure. It was, there was, you know, where I started working was originally a, a nine hole Chandler Egan built in the twenties. It added another nine onto it. Coos golf club. Yeah. Coos, Coos country club at that point. Um, great little community spot. Right. But Bandon's a different scale. And yeah. so like when that's dropped 30 minutes from you, you know, my dad was in um, concrete construction growing up. And so between his involvement in the early phases of like building the lodge and all the roads that went into the property and everything else, I was down there a lot, right. just riding along with him. And I was a golf nut, you know, from 12 years old. And so I'm like real curious about this. Yeah. And to go from there to actually being able to be involved in the construction of one of the golf courses and kind of seeing the whole resort develop. And, um, that's a, and then to look back on it now and to go back and my family still lives in the area and you're like, this has changed. This place changed golf. Oh yeah. Like for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. And to think about what it was and to think about what the vibe in the community was originally around, you know, um, this guy from Chicago is going to come in and buy this property and build a world-class golf course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Get my popcorn out and watch this thing. Yeah, And people are going to come. And then everybody's like, Oh, he actually did it. And it actually changed our entire region, our entire community. I mean, the place employs peak season with caddies is over 2000 people. The population abandons like 3000. So like it's a, they're a huge employer in the County, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, my son still has a, an annuity. Mike Kaiser gave out annuities to all the babies that were born to the employees of the property. Anytime you're an employee and you have a baby, you put a $1,500 annuity into it. So the, I mean, just the trickle down impacts, yeah. you know, my son's 17, he's going to go to college next year. And here's an annuity that Mr. Kaiser initiated, you know, because your son was born while yeah. you were working at Bandit. Yeah. Whoa. It's wild, right? So you think about what it's, where it started and then the, all the little impacts that have happened, the, the ripples that have happened from that place, you know, in the community and the golf world in general is just, it's wild. It's crazy. So at what point did you or like the people of Coos Bay and Bandon realize that Bandon Dunes, the idea that Kaiser had was actually the good version of golf? I think some people are still learning that. Really? Yeah. I mean, in the community, the community is so small and so tight knit that it's not a much, as much about golf as it is community impact and, you know, good jobs. And I don't think anybody believed it was going to work. Mm. They're like, like nobody would come. No, Bandon wasn't like Coos Bay was the center of the South coast, right? Like that was where the port was. That's where the import export took place, logging, fishing, all that was our industry. Yeah. And so everybody was not thinking about a shift to tourism or a shift to um, anything along those lines. And so they didn't think it was gonna work. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, and Bandon was not, Bandon was an afterthought. Bandon wasn't, it's not where you went to hang out. Yeah. Like Coos Bay was, that was where you were. Coos Bay, North Bend, like that was the, the, the center, right? Of the South Coast 
Well, now Bannon's where everybody from California wants to retire. That's where every I guess that's where all the money is. That's yeah. where it's it's completely changed all of it. So, um, and I still think there's folks that don't completely understand the impact that that has had on on them. I mean, yeah, fishing and logging dried up in the '80s. Yeah, like there was that wasn't a thing anymore. You know, it's it's rallied in some cases, but the reality is that's a tourist region. And the yeah. idea that it's public is right. kind of new for America, maybe. Yeah. Well, resort access in general, like, and the way that they've structured it where it's still actually very affordable for state residents. So in-state oh, residents. Oh, yeah. Portland, Eugene. Everybody plans, you know, the date that the, the off-season rates kick in for the in-state residents. Like, that's when you get everybody down there, you know, November, December, January, February. Right. Um, so there's still a very inviting, inclusive approach from the Kaisers as it relates to like, they very obviously love the state of Oregon. Yeah. They're very inclusive sure. to everybody. They don't want to charge, you know, I mean, 350 bucks, you know, yeah. for, but. But like going back into like the timeline of golf, right? Like they, Cork Crenshaw did Sandhills in late eighties. Oh, I can't remember. I think early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah. Which was like the first like modern golf course that was minimal and natural. It looks like this. And then... But that's uh, ultra private. Ultra private. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, basically the next thing that happened was, was like Bandon Dunes opened. And it was like, okay, yeah. we're doing the naturalist thing, but it's public. It's links. It's, it's on links. the ocean. It's on the ocean and it's just like it's just the golf right it's not the rooms it's not there's no spa is there a spa yeah. there's no spa they might have a spa they might have put a spa but... in but there's no there was it was yeah. just golf and i'm pretty sure like does that beget stream song too oh yeah i mean i think you know mr kaiser credits dick young's cap with a lot of his inspiration right at sand hills yeah he visited sand hills and that's where a lot of his motivations came from um and I think you could say the same thing about Ben Cowan Dewar now with Mr. Kaiser. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of been this trickle-down effect. And now you've got, you know, Mr. Kaiser's kids involved in the next generation of this type of development. Yeah. And now you've got stuff being built in St. Lucia and Nova Scotia and, you know, Europe and yeah. British Columbia. And, you know, it's like... So here's a question on JoJo's mind. So what to you is like the most interesting island golf course? Scotland and England considered an island? No. Okay. What no, are it's I, I, island. Island. What's the definition? I, right? Island for me is clear water. Okay. Right. Island vibes. Island vibes. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Palm trees and clear water. I haven't been to Saint Lucia yet. Cabot Saint Lucia. Obviously. We're going. Yeah, right? that's like, on the list for sure. Um, the other one would be uh, Mid Ocean Club. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say <laughs> Mid Ocean. He's not wrong. Mid Ocean. What's the story? Mid-Ocean? It's the only rainer. Yeah. In the Caribbean, right? How did I not even think of this in Bermuda? Yeah. And what's actually really great about Bermuda, oh, dude, this is so good. <laughs> How did we not even think of this? <laughs> We're going to mid-ocean. We have to. From a, from a golden age architecture perspective, it's like, obviously, Seth Rainer's like one of the Mount Rushmore guys, right? So put that type of architecture in that setting. Some of the great Americans, I feel like they all did something in the Caribbean. Yeah. Like you have Mackenzie, well, yeah, Mackenzie's not American, yeah, but, but not Mackenzie, but like teeth of, teeth of the dog. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In yeah. Um, 
It kind of reminds I, me of like Ernest Hemingway, you know, going to Cuba. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, Penny right. in the pool. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the, well, ironically, there's, not ironically, but interestingly enough, there's actually uh, another Cork Crenshaw getting ready to break ground, I've heard, near Exuma. So down in the Caribbean as Hell well. Yeah. So, or Bahamas, I guess. But let's get it. There's more. I mean, you think about it and it's like epic views, great weather, sandy soil. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. I think now we're in 2023, we have easier access to these places. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, imagine mid ocean back in the day when it was built, like, take a boat. How do you get there? Yeah. You know, you got to be, you got to want it pretty yeah. bad to get to Bermuda in 1930, you know. You know, it reminds me of like, I love this story. So, you know, when um, American Airlines, when it began in like whatever year it began, I, th I think it was like the 40s maybe was like was actually not an airline it was like a conglomerate of many regional airlines because there was no such thing as a national airline because planes couldn't fly that far yeah and so american airlines operated flight number one which was like six legs from new york to california of just like okay you're gonna go to new york to pittsburgh stop fuel up <laughs> pittsburgh to dayton dayton to just a yeah. bunch of co connected <laughs> puddle jumpers yeah and that was flight one it was like it took like a day you know um, but yeah, no, I think, and that, yeah, I mean, it's just the most interesting thing ever. Not a ton of bunkers on this course. No. No. Sa saving some cash. Sa saving, is it, was that part of the criteria? Uh, I mean, directive-wise, like, we kind of set out to make this as easily maintained as possible, as low maintenance as possible. Okay. Um, sustainable on all levels, right? Like, physical inputs, but also labor. Yeah. Um, so the idea is like a lot of open natural sandy scrapes to let you know that you're playing golf in the sand dunes. But, right. you know, we're going to basically we get these areas started and then the wind is going to do the rest. Right. You know, dude, it's all of it. You get both. Right. I totally knew. I was like going to say that's where you're going. And like here you have your, you know, what? Fourth hole. Yeah. Uphill, fourth hole. uphill tee shot to a punch bowl green at a how much is this going to cost? Please say 20 bucks. No, it's, yeah, it's like 30 bucks. 30 bucks. And there's not that many par three courses that have grass tee boxes either. No, no. That's so cool, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really cool experience. You know, this, it's this is gonna be tricky to to shoot par at. Like I'm looking back at yeah. this thir third green here, and like it's got like a shoulder that doesn't want to keep you on the green. Right. Yeah. No, it's that's actually one of the more challenging holes probably on the golf course okay yeah you got and trees on the right kind of stuck we didn't want to shift this green too far right with the the path the walking path over there yeah um again taking into consideration all skill levels yeah you know yeah um wow dude but this is a pretty dramatic setting here i mean that this punch bowl is pretty pretty epic and so this wasn't a punch bowl before depends on your definition of punch bowl it was Whoa. technically set in the kind of a similar green site but okay. but jay really his vision was to really Sh shovel it really out. make yeah. this thing yeah i mean catcher's the, mitt style you know the, i think i think it's it's a true it's true that over time golf courses become less and less dramatic right like the the, the, the sand or the dirt settles, the green enlarges. My thing is like every phase of construction and grow in will soften a golf course. So right. 
you know, you start out with, you know, a D6 or whatever, and you're pushing up big, big points and big What's hills. D6? Like a cat, a big cat, right? And okay. A bulldozer. A bulldozer. Yeah. You're pushing material into areas, and it's sharp and peaky and, you know, super aggressive. And then, you know, you get the sand pro on it, and you kind of smooth it out, and you soften it. And then when you plant grass on it, it softens again. Yeah. You start mowing it, it softens again. Yeah. You know? I heard an interesting, you know, concept once. Some, someone had a riddle, right? And it's like, there's only one rule in designing a golf course. And, and it was like, the cup has to be four and a half or four and a quarter inches or whatever it is. Yes. Everything else is whatever the fuck you want. Correct. Do you ever get like, um, kind of heavy into that? Uh, like, are you, cause, I don't, cause, but. Cause it's, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's almost like too much. Yeah. Like freedom. Well, it's too much freedom. I usually will use it as like a conversation point. Right. You know, you get into some of the, and, and unfortunately it's been driven by the tour guys, but you'll get a lot of comments in our industry of, you know, well, the bunkers are inconsistent or the sand was too soft or the sand was too firm or the sand was the wrong. I feel like know. I may have said that. Once. And it's like, <laughs> I literally had a conversation with a member at a club I was at one time and I was just in one of those places in my head and I walked into the pro shop and he started complaining about the bunkers being too firm. And I said, <laughs> I said, hang on a second. I said, when you snap hooked your tee shot on one this morning into the lake, right. was the water too wet? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I said, they're both hazards. Like, yeah. They're both hazards. It's a hazard for a reason. So that's where I lean into yeah. it a little bit, where it's like, it's, it's expectation based. Yeah. Um, my thing is, is I, I want more than anything for golf to be fun. Yeah. And, you know, there's a time and a place to, to trick it up and you know whether it's championship prep or whatever right yeah. like that's there's a place for that well, but it's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent the 99 yeah. percent yeah need this there's interesting you know you you reminded me of something that uh is probably a unique like you know list for you on your resume of like there's probably not that many people who have like been superintendent for not only a u.s open but a, a significant u.s open a polarizing a, one for sure. A polarizing, <laughs> a polarizing US yeah. Open. And then yeah. also, you know, I've worked in all sorts of like, you know, on the other side of the spectrum oh, of golf. Yeah, I love it. What 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 happened at, at Chambers? Um so one of the things I think that kinda set my brain in the right space on the back end was somebody came to me that I respect a lot and basically said you know, the preparation of that golf course was perfect and you guys nailed it. Yeah. It's just the golf world wasn't ready for it. Sure. They weren't ready for it. They won't be ready for it for another 15 or 20 years. <laughs> I think the main thing that happened at Chambers was there was a whole lot of firsts. There was way too many firsts oh. all at once. Yeah. Right? Like first fescue greens, first northwest, first fox, you know, fox sports. Yeah. Um, Oh, right. That's right. Joe Buck was doing it. So the coverage was, oh, you know. right. That um, did fuck it up, honestly, in my opinion. I hated the Even the camera work, the camera angles, a lot sure. of that stuff. Like, they had the, didn't they have the, like, camera on a 
on like a tank, like like driving oh, yeah, around. like an RC car kind of thing. Yeah, which actually it wasn't was level. Relatively it, cool, but hey, innovation's like, great. You know, yeah. and it's gonna piss some people off for sure. Yeah, mics and the cups and things like that, which were, right. was cool. But I mean, there's a lot of firsts. Yeah, and most cases, you know, humanity doesn't really love we're a lot of change. So this is five. And then we'll kind of do the quick loop and I'll show you guys six on the walk up, uh, walk back up. But routing is four, five, six plays back to this green here with this big dune in the back. And how raw is that going to stay? Very. Very. Yeah. So it'll be like, I mean, we've kind of started detailing over there as much as we're going to. Um, you know, it's like 80% sand, 20% you know, fescue clumps and grasses. Yeah. And then the idea is keep the water and the fertilizer out of it and let yeah. the wind blow it around and keep it natural. And the concept here is something similar to like uh, 13 at Pacific Dunes right side where it starts out kind of bunkery on the edge, but then it's just yeah. a native blowout on just the like back. Ridiculous. Yep. And I, now I have found the one bunker on the golf course. That, that guy. It's, it's beautiful. It's the definition of a bunker. It is. Yeah, I, th I think I think a true a true bunker should be where about two or three people can, you know, die in. You it's know? a little like lion's just, mouthy. Yeah. You know. But this is a pretty a pretty awesome green concept here that Jay had. Wow, that's beautiful. Does that bunker have a name, Josh? Not yet. Wow. Not yet. To be named. Blasi's. Uh, yeah. Blasi's right. hideout. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Again, lots of teeing space. Like we had a, a little event out here with uh, the USF golf team. And of course they, you know, played it all the way back by the tree and they're hitting, you know, mid irons into this green. But yeah, for the majority, it's going to be a wedge. Yeah. But now we're getting into, you know, a lot of those holes wow. we just walked were some of the newer, newer golf holes and grow in. So these are some of the more established ones. This is unbelievable. Like, it's it pretty so cool. rich. It it really has a children's book vibe. Like yes, it, it it feels like somehow nature has composed itself into this kind of like miniature composition of what you know golf is for adults. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, and it's it's really true to what the land is, right? Like you drive Great Highway, and you actually know now when you're here that you're. You're in the sand dunes, you're in Golden Gate Park, yeah. you're near the beach, like, yeah. there's a real sense of place. Dude, I mean, this is like, I, I, I couldn't imagine, like, tr truly, in fact, last night, I was telling someone who knows and loves golf that we were going to Golden Gate Park in the morning, and he said, what do you mean? No, you, you're going to Lincoln Park. Yeah. I was like, no, no, we're going to Golden Gate Park, there's a golf course, and he's like, no, there's not a golf course there. Right. And I was like, no, no, like there is. And he was like, I don't understand. Yeah. It was like, it's a par three course. It's down by the PCH. He's like, really? And I showed him on the map. And he was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, it's going to open yeah. soon. It's going to reopen. So this is a green that you look at and you're like initially very intimidating, but sure. you can, you can hit your ball here and, and putt to that cup, right? Yeah, you the can make contours. it there. This, so. The green is shaped like, literally like a boomerang. Not, yep. not like a boomerang, but shaped literally like a boomerang. And uh, you can fully go from, you know, I guess like 
you know, tip A to tip B through whatever. Yeah, all on the ground. And yeah. so, you know, the cool part was I played with uh, First Tee folks out here a couple of weeks ago, and the three of them all hit it to within 10 feet of that cup, and all three got there a different way. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah right. One person used this side, you know, the backstop, and um, somebody ran it up the front, you know, it's like. Tell you what, though, you would not want to be short right here. This no. Is no, it's this not, is a not great, an easy tee not shot. a great place to stay. To oh, be. and this, uh, so this is seven? This is seven here that we're yeah. on, and then this is eight. Oh, eight is a cutie. What, 85 yards or something? Yep, 85, 90 yards. Again, oh, like wow. designed to be puttable. And you have like, so there's a, there's it's a downhill tee shot kind of going from the edge of the property back into the middle. Looks like it goes down about like 30 feet, 25 feet, and then and then there's this cypress tree that looks like it kind of might have been the runt of the litter. <laughs> Reminds me of Sideshow Bob from Little the Simpsons. Bit. And, it, and it's just like kind of hanging out by the right edge. And then on the left edge, you've got this miniature bonsai. Dude, this is, this is you know what this reminds me of is um, the, um, the Zen Garden, just a, just a mile or two away here in yeah. this park. Yeah. You know, with all the bridges and trees and things. Yep. Is that what it is? What is it? Yeah, uh, the Japanese gardens. The Japanese gardens. By, yeah, yeah, just up by. Uh, yeah. oh, we should, we should, I wish we had. We, I was always when we're traveling, we always wish we had more time. Oh yeah, no, there's some great like, there's some really great spots out in this part of the city too. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I'd spent a lot of time in San Francisco, but very little time out here. Sure. In in the the Sunset Richmond and it's I've in the last six seven months like. This might be my favorite spot in the whole city now. <laughs> I found all the little hole-in-the-wall restaurants and coffee shops. And yeah. Well, it is kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's. I mean, I think what, what makes it, uh, you said spot. I mean, spot is defined, I think, by, um, you know, hiding spot. Yeah. P people don't know. No. You know, everyone's going to go somewhere else for golf <laughs> or talk about something else. What are we talking about this? <laughs>